0: Welcome to the Living Word Podcast. To find out what we're up to, check us out online at dlwc.network. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. You know, I started a series uh, three weeks ago on lifestyle Christianity. And honestly, if you can't make it work on a day-to-day sort of a basis, what, what really do we have? And so I, I thought it would be important for us to do this message, and I've kind of been waiting for this one because I call this message functional trust, that we want to be able to trust. How many of you want to be, able to, to be able to trust God no matter what he asks you to do? You just want to be of the kind of person that's strong enough in him to hear his voice and do what he says. So that's, that's the kind of thing that we're aiming at. You know, Proverbs chapter 3 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. And so that's what we want. I want God directing my path in life. I don't want to be mister Magooing my way through life. And here we go. I I have all these voices in my head. They pop out from a childhood spent way too much in front of a television. But I want to be able to trust God with all my heart. And really, the message today is really about trust, my ability to trust him. I'm talking about you trusting him in real life, in real time. And then there's a, there's a I believe, a, a key to being able to trust God, and it's Romans 12. And I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible. And so it, presenting yourself to God as a living sacrifice is, is, is something that makes sense when it comes time to trust in God. Really, it's the only way it works. You don't just add Jesus into your life. He is our life. Let me dump a little revelation on you here for a second. There's four major worldviews in life. It's pantheism, polytheism, humanism, and theism. That is, theism is one God. A humanism is man as God. Pantheism means that there's a whole bunch of gods, or, or, or no pan, pan would be the earth as God. Witchcraft and Wiccan would fit into that. Um, a lot of um, ecologists would kind of treat the world like it's God call it its mother and all that kind of jazz and so forth. And so, in any case, that comes out of pantheism. And then polytheism is many gods, like mythology and a god for this and a god for that. Now, everybody on the planet fits into one of those four categories. And a lot of folks that claim theism really live humanism. But being able to trust God means that you're a theist, that you believe in one God and that you believe that not only he's, he's good, but that he's for you. And what we covered in the first week of our, of our time together, really discussing some real pillars that our trust and our foundation stands on, is that number one, God is good. Amen. And that nothing's impossible with him. Yes. Amen. And then thirdly, that everything was paid for at Calvary. Yes. That God's not make, are arbitrarily picking you for victory or defeat. How many of you thank God today when he got up, you got up? We don't pray for victory, we pray from victory, and that's the way this thing works. And if you need to know more about that, I mean, the messages are all online. We want you to be able to catch up with that. But then the last part's very significant because you're significant. Everyone is significant to God, that everyone has significance. And so some people are more important, some people aren't important at all. Some people we walk by, some people we would pay attention to and ask for their autograph. And the truth of the matter is, God's not like that at all. Amen. He thinks everybody's important. Yes. You're important to him. And so it's important for us really to gravitate towards these ideas. They're really foundations that make your house stand and make you want to do what I'm talking to you about today. And that's to be able to trust God with all your heart. And so here we go. How do we, how do we step into that? How do you step, If that's true, how do you step into it? Romans 12.1, Amplified Bible. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. Now, the word there is soma. Say soma. S- soma. soma is not, it's not flesh. Bring your flesh to prayer. Now, it would include your flesh, for sure. That's the word sarks in the original language. Try it. Try it. S- sarks. 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 Kind of gnarly and fleshy sounding, isn't it? Sarks. This is my sarks. Okay? <laughs> And then you have a a suke, we get the word psychology from it, suke, try it, suke, and then our spirit man is a numa. I'm a numa. I have a suke, living in a socks. And if you have a hard time with that, I'm a new man with a suitcase full of socks and you'll be close. Isn't that right? But it's important that, so the Bible says, present your spirit, soul, and body, present them all to God. In other words, not any part of me is not offered on the altar of God. By his mercy, he presents us with an opportunity to come to the throne of grace. He, he invites us, and the only way that this really works is the full presentation of who I am, because if I'm holding parts of me back that he's not Lord of, I got to be Lord of it. Hello? And it's not going to work out well any better than it did for me. That God's kind of an all-or-nothing sort of a guy. And it's important for us to understand that kind of a picture of God, lest we fall into some religious mode that I do church at the address on National Road, and then I do life by myself with a little bit of Jesus dabbed into it once in a while when something goes wrong. And I just want you to know there's nothing about this, and this series is really targeted at, at that, that fundamentally wrong idea to help us to know this is how the thing really works. And I want it to work. I want it to work for me and you. And so how's trust really work? It's an all-in proposition. So he says, so dedicate your bodies or, or, or present your bodies to God a living sa- Aren't you glad he said living sacrifice and not a dead one? Yes. Okay. A living sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, which is your, listen up now, this Amplified Bible, your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. In other words, if it works this way, it's logical to make the presentation of all I am to Him because the exchange is I get all He is. When I present all I am, He presents all He is. And that's the beautiful way that this whole thing works. Trust is the ability to build my life on a foundation that will stand through the difficult times of life difficult like we're, like we're in right now and, and, and other circumstances around the world. God is faithful. So we're building our lives on the idea, and, and we're all building within a process. We're all in process. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him, you're a piece of work for sure. Amen. You are a piece of work. So understand today, we're all in life's process. And then if you'll build it on the ideas that God's word would, would care to, to share with us, that God is good, that he's, nothing is impossible, that Calvary bought everything, and that everyone is significant, suddenly our lives take on this beautiful view of the in the grasp, living in the grasp with Jesus. The call to the yoke is what we called it last, last week, and it's Matthew chapter number 11. Jesus said, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you Rest, but rest is not, as we discovered last week, it's not passive, it's a very active sort of a thing, but it's the rest of faith. In other words, I'm not pulling the load myself. If I'm trusting God and I'm in the yoke with Jesus, I'm in his direction, in his pace, that suddenly the power that I meet challenges of life with is not my own, it's with the power of the one I'm yoked to. And so let me deal with a couple of things in this trust factor. Number one, number one, that faith is not a theory, it's a function. Now, all of us have beliefs, amen? Look at me here for a second. All of us have belief systems. Whatever they are, they are, and we live out of them. They're belief systems, pools of thought and experience. Sometimes it may be the wrong thought because of a bad experience that I assume is going to continue, and so it's just the way we think. Thinking is linking. And so I'm not going to get too in the weeds on that one and so forth. I've taught on it quite a bit. But it's important for us to know that once patterns are set, we anticipate life based on the patterns we know already. Now, God wants to enter your life experience so that you begin to see the transformation power of God in your life. So you begin to trust that, and it's called transformation. Romans 12 says, present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto him, your reasonable service or your act of worship, Amplified says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind, your expectations are set to a brand new pattern, a biblical pattern, a pattern that faith would agree with according to the word of God. And so it's a process and we're all in it. You don't come to Jesus and then expect to know the entire Bible. Are you with me? Come on, I know the entire Bible, and I've been working at it for over 40 years. And so understand today, it's, we're all in process, so be comfortable with the idea that wherever you are in God, if you're leaning into Jesus, you're, doing, you're leaning the right way. And one of these days, the lean will turn into a step, etc., cetera, etc. cetera, et cetera. Pretty, pretty soon you'll be running for God. And so God has a plan for your life. There's some major thoughts and behaviors that we need to get. And, and, and if your thoughts or behaviors are connected to God, it's kind of like natural maturity. We move in phases through maturity in the Lord. Um, maybe I should say it this way. You can have been in church for the last 50 years and still be childish in your maturity. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you put it into practice. Hello? Hello? It's like buying a, a health club membership. You know, you can, you can have a health club membership, but you don't actually get stronger unless you go. It's kind of like that. And so you don't actually get stronger spiritually. You get, you get good stuff at church, and, and it's a vital part of who we are and what we do. But actually living life, lifting the weight and getting stronger by feeding up and exercising faith. Feed up on the Word and exercise faith. Live life with God, and the maturity process begins. So number one, God has a great plan for your life. Man, He knew the color of your eyes before you were born. It's wonderful. He's wonderful. He's got a great plan for us. Secondly, you need to realize that on the planet you live on, that God's plan is not the only option. You can take detours. Come on, how many of you have taken a painful detour away from God's will? And the rest of you are stinking line, or you haven't been around long. Is there a newborn in the room? So as we grow and as we learn, God begins to ask us for more. In other words, you know, my, my, my three sons were born and, and when they were infants, they learned what it meant to be a Murray. They were learning what their fingers were for and so forth besides just sticking them in their mouth. And their feet, too. And they, they, they learned and they grew. Suddenly they were crawling and then they were walking. And then they went from walking to running and you put everything up a little higher in the house. Everything breakable. And as they grow and as they mature, they're learning to be functional and physical and all those kinds of things. So what do you do? You make them start taking out the trash and making your bed. Hello? I should have got a better end from the moms in the house. Come on. And so, again, so as we grow, we're learning our identity, and along with our identity, we're learning responsibility and purpose by experiencing life and challenging the boundaries and trying new things and, and all that kind of jazz. And so, and so we're we're growing. We're also learning the choices to make and the choices to deny. And we're learning those in the process of life. That's what moms and dads do. And then the idea that we're never alone. Not a day in your life will you ever be alone. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And so by the word and the Holy Spirit and by functionally, honestly, by being in a group together and challenged one, I know it's a cry and shame, honey. It's just terrible how people <laughs> act. It's horrible. But ultimately what we're working on is a lifestyle of functional trust. I want you to just say that, Functional trust at home, say it, just functional trust. We need something that actually works on Monday and throughout the day, in the good times, in the laughter times, and in the crying times of life that that God is there. He's somebody, well, you know, mysterious are the ways of the Lord, His wonders to perform. If you leave your relationship with God that way, you'll never trust Him. Whatever happens, happens. Que okay, Sarah, sera, and so forth. You endorse Doris Dade get along great. It's important for us to understand that trust is something that's developed through relationships, strong trust. And sometimes the kind of trust we're talking about demands a kind of faith that you didn't get from this natural world. Enters into the scene Jesus. Enters into the scene the disciples who were fishermen before, now they're world changers because the trust factor and the maturity factor has grown in their life. That Jesus showed them the kingdom, and suddenly they're walking out of a kingdom assignment instead of just a natural prediction. The God factor has been factored into their life, and suddenly God's changing the world, and He's doing it supernaturally through people that actually know Him and trust Him. And He uses ways that are not of our, of our limitations, it's well beyond. And so, again, we have many options. Some are holy, some are unholy. Which choice are you going to make? And so the th- second thing I want to share with you is that we can win the war of choice. In order to trust God, God has to be able to help us to win the war of choices. And one of my favorite passages of Scripture for this, because I use it all the time personally, is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. Now, this is what it says. Pay, pay close attention here, because, man, this is where life happens, It says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now, before we go somewhere, we're like, carnal, oh, lust, ooh. Okay, flesh is anything that takes the God factor out of it. And considers that I'm in this on my own, that God doesn't care unless I'm at church. And so today, what I do with my body, what I do with my relationships, what I do with my money, what I do with anything is my business alone. And if I ever run out of any of the things that I want, I'll just ask God for it. What a terrible way of life. Again, humanism with Jesus sprinkled on top of it doesn't make it theism. It's still humanism with a little Jesus sprinkled on top. And it totally doesn't work in the real time of our life. And so, again, winning the war of choices means that though I walk in my flesh, I don't war after the flesh, and I'm not led by my flesh. My flesh is just obedient to my head and my heart. It's not the one that calls the shots for me. My head does that. My heart does that. In agreement in the Word of God, if I can get my head and my heart together, my flesh just obeys. The problem is when carnal things take over the agenda, like pride, like hatred, And all the different kind of things that we could mention within the list of carnality. And so the the, the weapons of our warfare, he says, are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, what's a stronghold? It's not a bunch of demons up in the corner of your life. A stronghold is thought patterns that you've accepted, either introduced to bad thoughts or wrong thoughts, and then reinforced by not only fear and doubt and demonic, but also the life experiences that we have. And suddenly you get confirmation from the devil that this is a way of life and it's never going to change. I I could give you an example and so forth, but you've probably got thousands of them yourself. If you have a bad time with all the men in your life, you could come up with a conclusion that all men are bozos because your experience confirms that everybody I run into thats a man is a bozo. Is it true? No, but your experience tells you it is. Come on, that's a good word right there. Come on. Matter of fact, we can get you delivered from the bozo spirit today before you leave. We'll pray again. Yeah, you can, ushers, lock the doors. So understand today, we need to be able to deal with the strongholds. What are those? Casting down arguments. Every decision you make and every choice you make has got an argument that goes on in your head. Some of them are big. Some of them are inconsequential. But you have arguments that go on, demonic suggestion, if you will, that says to you, this is a bad idea. Okay? Arguments, you need to cast down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought captive into captivity to obedience to Christ. That means you got to have some sort of functional knowledge of what God wants in your life, what he doesn't want. That all comes through the word of God. Amen. 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 Come on. If the only Bible you get is when you're at church, I'm telling you, you don't have enough to survive the day. Because the devil argues all week long, real time in your life. If you don't have anything to defend yourself with, you're sunk. If you avoid making yourself a living sacrifice and absorbing as much of Jesus as you can, I'm going to tell you, the devil's not going to ask for permission to have an influence in your life. He's just going to come, and he's going to afflict and all that kind of thing. And, and I can just tell you, he's defeated. But if you give him a place in your life, he has one. Start the car, hon. Huh? I'll be right there. <laughs> come on, listen to Pastor Pat. I, I'm, here to, I, I'm Pastor Pat. I'm your friend. I'm here to help you. Because you have to live life the way it flies at you every single day of your life. You either walk in the will of God or you take the detour. Either way, it's your choice. I'm talking about today winning the choice, the the moments of choice, and making your life to go in the direction of the will of God. It doesn't mean that you're praying constantly and you're wearing some, you know, Jesus robe or something, walking around in sandals acting strange. It means renew your mind on the Word of God and wherever you are in life, bring Jesus into the room with you. Bring his opinions there. Bring his love there. Bring his people are significant there as a foundation of your life, and suddenly you're kind. I can just tell you, you know, I just don't like professional people that act like everyone else serves them, especially when it happens to a, in a pastor. Like, I never considered laying down my Christian faith in the fruit of the Holy Spirit in order to be a professional pastor. I never considered it even a possibility that I wouldn't be an example of the fruit of the Spirit like I'd love to see in your life. I never considered it. Matter of fact, I don't live for you. It's the reason why I'm a good pastor is because I don't live for your opinion. I, I, please, I please him. I make some people sad, some people mad, and some people glad. But anyway, you've got to take a side with me. Are you with me? Why? Because I live for one. And I'm just doing what he asked me to do. And if he asks me to do something else, I'll be sure to let you know first. But I just want you to, to grasp the idea that it needs to be just as demonstratively true about your life as it is mine. That today the fruit of the Spirit are not an option for me. I want his opinion in my life. I want his guidance. I also want his power because his guidance leads me into places where Pat's not enough. And you'll be in places, maybe you're in that place right now where you're not enough and I need breakthrough. Well, guess what? There's a whole Bible filled with promises of things that your Savior said to you. Yoke together with him. Listen, mouth to ear, y'all remember that last week? Let them talk into your ear, and suddenly faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And faith is rising in your heart because you're hearing the voice of God in your life. Somebody said, Living Word's a weird place, man. They talk about hearing the voice of God. <laughs> Humanism, we got you. We get you. Because if the God that made this planet is alive and well and loved you enough to send His Son for you... And the, fi- the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, when He comes, He'll lead you and guide you into all truth. If He's leading you and guide you, you're listening and you're hearing. So either none of that's true or all of it's true. you got to take a side. I should have been an attorney. I don't know. Maybe I should have been an attorney. I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. I'm happy, Lord. <laughs> I'm happy. But see, there's a battle that goes on for our minds, and sometimes... I realize. listen, there's a whole lot of folks that have different life experiences. This may be your first time in a church of any kind anywhere except for a funeral or wedding. Yep. And they traded church in on barns now <laughs> for weddings. Hallelujah. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. Amen. Jump the broom, say, see, I do, and you're, you're in. Amen. <laughs> but the battle is for the mind and ultimately for your choices, and it's important for, you, for us to get that. And the battle is for your trust. And so today, you need to, we, we need to fortify ourselves in order for lifestyle Christianity to be true about us. There's some things that we've got to be able to develop so that when the devil brings his arguments, we're able to cast them down in their inconsequential. Just a speed bump, ba boom, and we're gone. Just over it. Shoo! Just moving right along. How many of you want the enemy's words to be speed bumps for you? And the rest of you aren't listening. Okay, have a good lunch. At, see you at Cracker Barrel. Hallelujah. Y'all remember David and Goliath. David was listening to a different voice and it put a different level of trust in him than the entire army of Israel. Instead of running from Goliath, he ran at him. Why? Because he trusted God. He trusted what he was hearing. Um, when David, David's brother said, You know, what are you doing up here? We know the naughtiness of your heart. Said, Where are you going? Go back. Who's watching dead sheep? Get, get out of here, is what he was saying. He was jealous of his little brother. He got anointed and he got passed over. Eliab is his name. Okay, so a little envy happening here. And David said this, this he said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Now the word cause in the Hebrew language is the word dabar, try it. Dabar, Dabar. hallelujah. Sounds masculine. Is there not a dabar? Dabar, what's it mean? It means, is there not a word from God? W-O-R-D. It's a, it'll, the word of God will bring a cause before you but it's the word that he said is there not a word isn't there something burning in your heart when that guy gets out there and starts mouthing off before our God that uncircumcised Philistine which is code language for he's out there by himself no matter how big he is I don't go anywhere without God and so he's out there by himself come on I felt something on that one some, <laughs> some just roared through the room right then but understand today, is there not a cause? Is there not a word from God? Isn't there something? is there a heavenly resource that you're drawn out of? Let's go get them at once kind of a thing. You know how that turned out. Amen. Another one bites it. does. <laughs> we talked about that last week. I'm not going there again. So being carnally minded is being naturally minded or naturally minded or thinking thoughts that take the God factor out. No influence from God means I've got to come up with a solution in my own strength. And so whatever that solution is, boom, there it is. And so I want to learn how to trust God. I want to hear from God. I want to be able to to process to maturity. And so prayer and then action out of that prayer time will help me to make adjustments. And, And look at your neighbors. Come on, tell them, we all need adjustments. Look at your other neighbor, your second choice, and tell them you need adjustments. You need adjustments. Now, now let, let me cover this real, real quickly. It's important to grab this now. I, I, I tell a story about my son Jackson, so he's probably rolling his eyes somewhere. But when he was four or five, and so five years old, it was time for him to learn a two-wheel bicycle. He had to ride it. And so he had training wheels on there before, just enjoyed training wheels. Yee- and I said, okay, you're five. Murray's learned how to ride their bike when they're at least four or five. And so you're five. And so training wheels off, let's go, let's learn. He said, dad, I want my training wheels on there. I said, no, you don't need them, you're five. is <laughs> a litmus test for being a Murray, I guess. And so I peel him off. He's, he's looking longingly at his wheels and so forth. I peel him off, and I say, okay, let's go. And so in any case, we get on the bike, and we're, I'm running alongside that bicycle. I'm taking my hand off. He doesn't know it. He's riding his bike. He's riding it. I'm just running alongside. And then he looks, and as soon as he starts leaning over to look, woo, Oh, left turn we go. Okay, I grab hold of his seat, keep him from falling. And I run for miles. I'm sweat is pouring off of me. I am, I am exhausted. I am wet. I am perturbed. Because I'm, 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 I'm taking my hand off. He's riding his bike, but he doesn't think he can. And so I'm exhausted. So finally we go back to the house. He sets the bike down. He's happy. I'm not. I'm exhausted. I pull a lawn chair out, and I sit right in my driveway and Kettering and so forth. I sit down. I think, okay, we'll try this again today. You're going to ride your bike in Jesus' name. <laughs> All of a sudden, the Rollins pull into the driveway in their minivan. Door slides open. Evan jumps out. Hiya, Jackson! Now, he's three months younger than Jackson is. Three whole months. And he's already learned how to ride a bike. He picks up that bicycle and just roars out of the driveway with it. Woo! Goes back into the cul-de-sac. He's having fun. He's smiling from ear to ear. And the look on Jackson's face as the epiphany hits him. He looks at him, calculates in his head that he's three years younger, that I ought to have done it first. And he looks at him and says, Hey! Hey, get that bike back here. And Evan comes in. Whoop! Jackson takes that bicycle, and I kid you not, he rode on into the sunset on that bicycle with zero assistance from Papa. And he's riding, and so I'm saying, hey! <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I, I was glad he but see listen, I'm his dad. Who's got more invested in him than me? No one. Well, Jackie. But No one. I couldn't make him believe me. Come on, sometimes God has such a hard time getting us to trust him. He's saying, you can do this. Say, Lord, I still want training wheels. I want to be on the dream team. I'm not ready for the dream team. I just want to go to church and then just go to church. God says, yeah, but you can do this. You can do it every day. I'll be with you. I'll be right there by your side. You can do this. We have a hard time trusting them, though. But Listen, there's a time for training wheels, but then there's a time for them to come off, and then there's a time to graduate to bigger bikes and to bigger challenges, and God wants us to be able to face every single one of those so that we can obey God, so that we can be the church in the earth, we can be his representatives in the earth, and we grow into that identity. We grow to know who we are. We we grow up to know we're Murrays, and, and then once we're Murrays, we learn how to walk and run, and then we learn to be responsible, take out trash cans and study, and then through that study, we go to higher levels of interest as it, as it peaks in us, and God reveals his direction for us, and then, and then we begin to f- function in it, and we try something that we do for a lifetime for the first time, and we face those challenges, and people pay us to do that, and we, we face challenge after challenge. Suddenly, the promotion is available, and somebody says, man, you got a gift and a grace on your life to do what you're doing. You think you could supervise it so that you could spread the love to the whole company, your whole department? Yeah, let's go for it. And you take step after step after step. And God says, I want to be a part of the whole process for you. As a matter of fact, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, 1 John says. And so it's important for us that, that if you're going to learn to trust God, you've got to know in trusting God, when you do, he's got you. When you trust him, he's got you. Because trust is the central place for all of our lives. So remember this now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Secondly, your enemy is going to challenge your trust and going to the next level. Matter of fact, the enemy wants you to regress. And you have to know every day you wake up that you have an enemy. Now he's defeated. you got authority over him in the name of Jesus. And so he should be under your feet instead of in... Talking into your head but you're the one that has to put him there because if you don't tell him to shut up he doesn't sometimes he uses friends to say things to you sometimes he uses people you married to say something to you sometimes he uses your precious kids to suggest to you or a college professor or a news media it could come from anywhere oh, i don't need to go to church yeah but everywhere you go the devil's preaching come on you eat demonic meals all the time you expect to survive on a gospel snack that's some good preaching right there in other words I'm just trying to help you to say real time when you walk out that door you're gonna face the same thing you faced every week of your life the question is are you going to win this week are you gonna make choices because you trust God and you've chosen to invest yourself into a greater level of trust and a greater level of responsibility and ultimately The greater plan of God and the greater usefulness that God has for your life prescribed before you were ever born. Suddenly, you're walking in, the the word in the Greek language is maturity, is is the word teleos. And it means I've come into what I was born for. And that's what God wants for each one of us. The problem is, if you mess around with training wheels so long, eventually, it's kind of like I say all the time. If you're brushing your mustache out of the way to suck on a bottle, you're not doing it right. Okay. so what do we do there's three kinds of trust and i'll leave you with these first of all there's a general trust it's proverbs chapter number three trust in the lord with all your heart lean not to your own understanding in all of your ways acknowledge him all of your ways how many is all All. so no matter where you go jesus is better at it than anybody you know so trust him Amen. amen In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Boy, there's a, there's a stroke of genius. Be humble. I'm, I may know a lot about something, but there may be something better to learn. So, in all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. So, that's part of trusting him is recognize the good and the evil, shunning the evil, going with the good. It's all part of trusting him. And the Bible says that, that it, it'll be health to our flesh and, and strength to our bones. Come on, how many of you want to be strong structurally in your life? Amen. So that's what it's saying. Then he says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. Give God first what belongs to him. Why? Because you can't serve God and money. Okay? There's a reason why Pat and Jackie live in perpetual harvest is because we're constantly planting seed. Amen. Why do we live in harvest? Because we're always planting seed. I mean, every day, all the time. Not just living word seed. We're planting seed in people's lives. sowing seed in the gospel interest outside of our own. Amen. And so... I believe in giving because the Bible's promise to you is that if you'll sow the seed, you'll reap the harvest. Except when it comes back, it doesn't come back a seed. It comes back good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. See, prosperity is God's idea, but you have to get into the cycle somewhere by trusting him and his promise. Jesus said it clearly. You can't serve God and money. You'll love one and hate the other. And, and so, so what do we do? The, by, uh, again, the, the word of God says, honor the Lord with your substance. It, Jesus put it this way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything that God already knows you need is going to be added to you. You just put God first. God doesn't do second well. Amen. God, you know, you're second, which is good, better than third. And God just says, well, it'll never work that way. Because if humanism is at the king's seat of your life, then humanism is going to have to solve your problems. But if you trust God with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, God will begin to work it out. And he says, your barns, as a result of honoring the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase, your barns will be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out with new wine. I mean, God wants to bless your life, but you have to do it by trusting him rather than just trusting you. And some of you are very capable. I I get it. I I totally get it. Yet, there's a church called Laodicea. He said, you say you're rich, increased with good, have need of nothing. But he said, I say to you, you're wretched, poor, miserable, blind, and naked. How could you be those things and not know it? Evidently, it's possible because that's what he told the church at Laodicea in the book of Revelations. Wretched, poor, miserable, blind, and naked. And he said before all of that, he said, you do good stuff, but. You got the wrong opinion about this thing, you're first and not God. Amen. And so Jesus tells him in the book of Revelation, straighten it out or your lamp or your light's going out. Yes. And so again, it's honoring the Lord with your substance, with the first fruits of all your increase. It's a joy to give. It's a joy to put the kingdom of God first. So there's general trust. Secondly, secondly, again, there's financial trust. Malachi chapter number 3, God says, you robbed me. And he said, and the people that he's speaking to, the prophet Malachi, he says, what do you mean we robbed you? He said, in your tithes and in your offerings, you've robbed me. He said, bring all the tithes and the off- offerings into my house, he said, and prove me. And see if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing upon you is not room enough to receive it all. And here we go. Jack and I claim this one all the time. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Man, my washing machine goes wrong. I lay hands on it, command it to live in Jesus' name. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Built in obsolescence. It's a curse from the devil. And then lastly, lastly lifestyle of abounding grace is what God wants you to live I mean how many of you want to live in God's just abounding grace okay it's an invitation it's also a choice it doesn't just happen there's a reason why we can be strong in the grace in Jesus Christ and I believe God wants us to be strong lifestyle Christianity series about is about jump-starting something that maybe was immobile before because religious you're just kind of stuck in a belief system and you call it faith but it's not faith until it becomes action in your life I need to say it again belief systems are belief systems but if it's inactive, it's still a belief system it's not faith until you use it that's when faith becomes faith faith is an act it's a verb it's not what i believe it's what i do with what i believe that's faith So the Bible says this, and this is not money, it's everything in life. It's giving kindness. It's giving a word of encouragement. It's, it's being good to the family members around you and investing into their lives. This is what the Bible says. It said, but I say unto you, he that sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So let each man give as he purposes in his heart. Give as he purposes where? It may not be logical, but your heart says do it. There have been a lot of times when it wasn't logical for me to give the number that God was saying. So what do you do? Rebuke the devil? Obey God. And he never fails to take care of us. And so the Bible says, Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, not through hype and, and coercion, but give cheerfully. God is able, here's the promise, that God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you're having all sufficiency in all things, that you'll abound unto every good work. See, maturity depends on us getting involved in the cycle. We have to step out. We have to use these things. And once we start doing it, and that's your project this week, figure out ways that you can put the Word of God into action in your life. Maybe you're identifying some things as I'm talking today that you need to stop doing. It's a choice you've been making, and it's hurting people, and it's hurting you. Well, stop it. <laughs> is it that easy? Only with feeding on the right stuff. Feed on the Word of God. Get it down into you. Think about it. Ponder on the Word. You say, Lord, is it, is it the day you want me to get rid of the training wheels? God says, yes, time. But I'll be right there with you. Let's give it a try, shall we? Let's go. And all of a sudden, you find yourself doing things you never dreamed you could do because you were willing to challenge boundaries because you trust in the Lord with all your heart. Bow your heads with me. If you're in the room today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, maybe that's the place where trust really truly begins. You can't trust a God that you don't know. You don't trust anybody you don't know, to be honest. And for those of us online, today can be that day where trust is converted. Today we go from wondering or even belief systems to actual trust. Today let it happen in your life. Lifestyle Christianity means I'm bringing my belief system into activity in my life. And it may start right here. Joining a Christian club called a church is not what God sent his son to the world to do. He sent His Son to the world to redeem us, to get the liar off of us, and to get truth that will set us free in the center of us. And today that God wants to do the journey with you. you. Will you accept the invitation into the yoke with Jesus, like we said last week? Will we just get hooked up with Him and allow Him to speak to us and follow His direction? It's a tremendous life. I'm telling you, Jesus delivered me from so much. And I won't take the time to tell you the story, but I can tell you life abundantly is is something you don't wanna miss. And so today, can God do that in your life? Can Can he strip away all of the tentacles of the enemy in your life and put abundant life in front of you? He certainly can, and today can be that day for you. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of who you are, today can be that day. I remember the day that I actually, the gospel made sense to me, and I said yes to Jesus. It changed my life progressively ever since and so you get in process with us learn what it means to be a child of god and today everything can change if you're in the room you say pastor i need jesus in my life would you pray for me and i absolutely will i just want to know who i'm praying for wouldn't embarrass anyone just want to ask you today is is god dealing with your heart to say yes to him to really surrender your life to him. If today you feel that God's doing that, you say, Pastor, don't leave me out of that prayer. I need God. If that's you, lift your hand wherever you are right now. And those of you online, you can press that button online. and It says, raise the hand. Just, raise, just touch that button right now. Say, Pastor, don't leave me out of that prayer. I need God. We're going to pray in just a moment. Who is it in the room? You say, I see you. God bless you. God bless you over here. I see you. I see you back there. God bless you. Four. Anybody else? Five. Somebody else. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Anybody else? God's dealing with my heart, Pastor Pat. Don't leave me out of that prayer. I need God in my life. If that's you, wherever you are, I'll wait just another moment. I'm looking. The privacy of this moment, we just want to make sure that you know that God is for you. And for those of you online, God loves you today. Would you pray this prayer with me right out loud? All of us together, pray this prayer with me. Dear God in heaven, I thank you for sending your Son, the Savior of the world, to die for me. Thank you, Lord, that you died on a cross and took the penalty for my sin. And then you rose from the dead three days later. And when you got up, we got up with you. From death to life, old to new, I want that in my life. I need you, Lord. Please forgive my sin. I repent. And I ask you to be the Lord of who I am. Please teach me what that means. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God a good shout, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at LWC Dayton and on Facebook at Living Word Dayton.